Good morning. Welcome to all those joining us for Likute Alochas, Yoradea, Chelek Aleph, Hilchais Yayin Esech, Halacha Dalit, Paragraph Hey. We dedicate the learning today, Lilu Nishmas, Braina Bernita Bas Zev Wolf, whose yard site is today on the 4th of Av. And also Lilu Nishmas, my Rebbe, Reb Nechel Dorfman Zechon of Racha, Horav Reb Yechiel Michel Reb Yeshua David Alevi, whose yard site is tomorrow on the 5th of Av. And Lilu Nishmas, Tovia Reb Yisrael Yitzchak, Yerachmiel Daniel Ben Gedalia, Rosa Basi Tamar, and for a complete refuah shalema for all those that need it, including Chaviva Chana Bas Galia, Yusbehendel Bas Kitaleya, Sarochel Bas Yusbehendel, Aviv Ilona Bas Yusbehendel, Saraleya Bas Chavaliba, Shimon Zvulun Ben Saraleya, Eitan Yoel Ben Etnia, Tovia Tzvi Ben Chayaliza, Shimon Eliezer ben Rochel, Shlom Anisim ben Mazel, Avram David ben Chana, Hinda Chasa bas Chana, Miriam Esther bas Saragitl, Ruvain, Chaim ben Chana Elka, Chaim ben Rachel, Yehuda ben Saramaya, Besar Shar Choli Yisrael. We're discussing the topic of wine, drinking wine, and Rav Nosenzal had mentioned the the, the pros and cons, the difficulties with drinking wine and the dangers of drinking wine, especially to excess. And now he continues, and one of the most critical and important components of being able to drink wine properly is totally the is dependent on the person's connection to true tzaddikim, shekvar zochu lekdushas habris betachlis hashlemus she'ein shlemus achrov, who have already achieved purity in the area of tikkun habris to a level of perfection that cannot be achieved any higher. She'al yodom yochel kolechod lahamshich alatzmoi bechinas kedusha shabbos. It's through tzaddikim of this caliber, by being attached to them, that every one of us has the ability to draw upon ourselves the holiness of Shabbos, shahu bechinas kedusha sabris, which is synonymous with the purity of of tikkun habris, shahu bechinas shivim ponim, which is which enables us to connect to and receive the 70 lights of the Torah, Shivim Nefashos, and to connect, to be part of the 70 souls that come from Yaakov Avinu. And then, if a person is attached to true tzaddikim of this caliber, then that person can drink a little bit of wine on Shabbos and Yontif, to bring joy to themselves, and to broaden and expand their consciousness, so that the person should be able to be aroused, to feel to a high degree 
the sweetness of the holiness of the Torah, Kedushas Yisroel, the holiness of the Jewish nation, Shehu Bechinas Kedushas Shabbos, Shemim Shacholeinu Bekoyach HaTzadik which is synonymous with the holiness of Shabbos, which we're able to draw upon ourselves through the power of the true tzaddikim. Ki be'emes, because the truth is, every single one of us knows very well, deep down, she'ein biyodoi l'fi ma'asenu l'ham shecholeinu kedusha Shabbos v'Yisroel v'Torah, that we are incapable based on our deeds to draw upon ourselves the holiness of Shabbos, the holiness of the Jewish nation, the holiness of the Torah, without connecting, without being attached to the true tzaddikim, shekvar mikol who have already purified themselves from all materialistic desires, <coughs> especially from the wrong type of desire for women, and these tzaddikim, they are our simcha, they're our joy, they are our holiness. And it's through these tzaddikim that Hashem has pity on us, to be able to awaken the little bit of good that's inside of us, so that we should be able to feel the holiness of Shabbos and Yontif and holidays, and to be able to rejoice with all of these salvations, all the wonderful things that Hashem does for us, by drinking wine on Shabbos and Yantif with a proper limited amount. So that we should be that the wine should be a wine that brings us joy. As the Pasuk says, wine brings joy to the hearts of men and to enable our face to shine from oil. This alludes to those 70 faces of the Torah, the 70 interpretations and 70 lights of the Torah that light up our face. And, and that are referred to as shivim ponim. So that we should be through holy joy that's coming from drinking this wine properly to be to be, be deeply attached to Hashem and to be able to feel in a major way the greatness of Hashem, the greatness of the true tzaddikim, and the greatness of the Torah. Each and every one of us, based on our ability to be able to feel this, to be able to have 
recognition of Hashem in our hearts. Avol, whereas, paragraph of, Avol, whereas, mi those people who, who fix themselves to drinking wine on a daily basis, they don't limit it to Shabbos or Yom Tif. And they drink a lot at night, in the morning, throughout the weekdays. To the point where these people very often get drunk, even during the weekdays. And if that's not, that's not bad enough for them, these people show major opposition to the true tzadikim and to those who are attached to them. And these people grit their teeth against people that are close to true tzadikim showing all types of opposition and making fun of those people to the point where they actually consider it permissible to spill the blood of these people who are attached to true tzaddikim. Rav Nosenzal here again is referring to what he experienced, unfortunately, with the Savraner Hasidim under their rabbi, who went this far in their opposition to, to Breslov at the time, unfortunately. About this, the Torah says, Altere Yayin Kiyasadam Sha'achrisoi Dam Mamesh. Don't look at wine, which which is red, and, and, and the Gemara says, meaning Sha'achrisoi Dam Mamesh, that this wine eventually leads to blood. Shematiran Lishbach Dam Yisroel Hakshavan, that by drinking in this manner, these people end up considering it permissible to spill the, the blood, Jewish blood, the blood of real religious people. And this is what the Pasuk says, regarding whom do we say, who are the people who have this speech, who are these people who cause pain and suffering for nothing? <coughs> who are the people who have these bloodshot eyes, in a sense? <coughs> to people who, who indulge excessively to, in wine. <coughs> these people cause major, major conflict. And, and opposition within the Jewish nation to the point where it comes to fist fighting for no reason, beating people up physically for no reason. And these people talk about and fight against 
and make fun of, make major fun of the path of the truly religious people who are following the paths of their forefathers and their holy rabbis from, from years, from many, many years ago. And it's about this that the Pesach says, Leitz hayayim that the mockery that's brought about through wine, people that drink wine to excess, and then they make fun of other people. And, and they don't get, and those people that stumble in, in wine, drink wine improperly, it doesn't make them wise. Rabbi says, note what the Pasuk says, this means, even a person who is a little bit religious, and by drinking wine, it doesn't arouse them immediately to make major fun against religious people, but rather the person ends up making a mistake. That as a result of drinking improperly, the person ends up fooling themselves to the point where the person ends up turning the truth around. And through this, this person ends up speaking negatively against people who are really religious. Because it appears to this person that those people are veering away from the truth. However, this person's entire mistake has come about as a result of the person drinking wine and alcoholic beverages to excess on a daily basis. Rav Nusenzal here again is referring to a mistaken custom among certain Hasidim who think it's a mitzvah to drink and, and to drink regularly, often, and, and unfortunately sometimes to excess. And therefore, this person also, who isn't completely evil, he's not, but he's making a mistake. This person also will not be wise. Because this person has not succeeded through their drinking to expand their consciousness, to achieve a higher level of Chachma, but rather the opposite. As the Gemara says, if a person doesn't drink wine properly, they become impoverished. And we know the Gemara also says, that the term impoverished, the term poor in the Torah, refers to a person being poor in intelligence, in seichel. As the Gemara says, if a person is not seichel to drink wine properly, it destroys the person. Their, their thinking becomes confused 
The term Nishama Mai can also mean a state of complete confusion. <laughs> to the point where it leads these people to speak all kinds of falseness and lies against true tzaddikim and the good religious people that are attached to these tzaddikim. Any questions, please? Rabbi? Yes, sorry. I would guess that there are other behaviors that would lead to this as well, not just drinking. Such as, for example? Other, other, uh, other sins. Yes. yes, yes. But Rabbi Nosenzal here in our discussion is focusing on, on the drinking issue. That it's a terrible, terrible thing and it leads to, to much worse things. Especially, he showed earlier that the whole the whole possibility of being of drinking, being able to benefit a person, is when it's limited, when it's controlled, and when the person is attached to true tzaddikim, and when it's unlimited and uncontrolled, and it causes people to speak against true tzaddikim, it's it's very very bad. As we're going to see now in this next paragraph. <clears throat> Paragraph Zion, Vechol Arichas Hagolos, Bavaneseno Arabim, Nimshach Alideze. And the whole long, severe exile that we are suffering now is all caused through this. Ki Iker Hagolos, Nimshach Alide, Golos, Nafshois Yisrael, Betaivoisehen, Umidoisehen Horois. Because that when we talk about the Jewish people being in exile and suffering, the main exile is the spiritual exile that we're experiencing, that we are exiled from holiness and we're, we're, we find ourselves swimming in sinful desires and, and evil character traits, of which the main one is sinful relationships between men and women. As Rabbi Nizal explains in chapter 36 in Likud Imran, which this halach is based on. In that chapter in Likud Imran, Rabbi Nizal says that every single Jew, before they can experience a revelation in Torah, a real revelation, they have to first go through a golus, an exile, in in Tuma, in the Sitra Achra. Umishom nimshach gam hagolos hagashmi. And this is also the cause of our physical exile, that we've been evicted from Eretz Yisroel. We are not, the, the religious people are not the ones who are really controlling and guiding Eretz Yisroel. And, and the majority of the Jewish nation is outside of Eretz Yisroel. And there is no solution to this other than to cry out and pray and scream to Hashem. As Rabbi Nizal explains over there in chapter 36 in the Kutimran, 
that when a Jew is experiencing exile, the, the, the response to it has to be crying out to Hashem 70 cries, 70 screams, like a woman does in childbirth. Whereas these people who are into drinking wine improperly, it's not bad enough that they are far from these holy, these true paths that we, we described here. In addition, they make fun of those people who follow the true religious path. <clears throat> Those people who are involved in praying a lot, a lot of Tehillim, a lot of Hispoidus, Likutetfilois, Lehimotzel, Memorilus, Hagolus, Bechlalo, Befrat, praying to be saved from the bitterness of exile both on a general level, the Jewish nation being in exile, and the individual exile that each and every one of us is experiencing, whereby our hearts know and realize the bitterness that our soul is going through. Whereby the, the exile of all the evil things, the sinful desires and those things, spread themselves out, opposing us to such a degree. And as a result of these other people, the ones who drink a lot, as a result of them making fun of the religious people who pray to Hashem, and they say all kinds of terrible things about them, and they rise up against them and they persecute them with all kinds of persecutions. As a result of these people's efforts, they cause many, many people not to be able to come close to the truth tzaddik not to be able to come close to follow this, these tr the true path of tefillah, to constantly cry out and pray to Hashem. And by doing this, the exile of all the evil desires, sinful desires and everything, becomes stronger against these people. And this is what causes our physical exile to, to get worse and to, to keep going for such a long time. Because all of these things are connected to each other. And Rav Nassim says, we have no idea what we can do to be saved from these people, from the persecutions of these people. Because Hashem knows very well what's going on deep inside of our hearts. That our intentions are really pure in the way we're trying to serve Hashem. 
following the path of the tzaddik with his spiritus and these things. And we have no one to rely on, no one to support us other than our Father in heaven. And we will remain steadfast in our position to cry out to Hashem with everything we have until Hashem will look down upon us from heaven and rescue us from all types of exiles, from the exile that our soul experiences of, of swimming in all the wrong types of desires that this world presents us with, and from the exile that we're in, whereby the 70 nations of the world cause us all kinds of suffering and problems, and from the exile that we're experiencing among our enemies, among our Jewish brothers who have become our enemies, who rise up against us for no valid reason. This is worse than everything. Because the Gemara says that the main cause of the destruction of the second Beis HaMikdash was fighting, in, internal fighting among the Jewish people and, and un, unwarranted hate among us. And this is the main cause that the goals that we're in now is going on for such a long time. As is known and very well understood by any person who's really intelligent. And this is what Dovan Amelach said. They speak about me, those who sit in the entranceways and, and, and singing, those who drink to excess, to, to drunkenness. And what's my response to their opposition, to their insults and everything? My response is praying to Hashem, looking for the Esrots and looking for the special time when our prayers are most easily accepted. So that it, our response to the major opposition of all of these who hate us and they say all kinds of terrible things about us, where one of the main things that fuels their hate and causing them to say all kinds of terrible things about us is their excessive drinking from intoxicating beverages. As the Pesach says, I have no solution to this 
Kiyim Tfila V'tachnunam Lashem Yisborach, other than praying and pleading with Hashem, Bechinas, as the Dovon HaMelech continues over there, V'ani Svilosi L'cho Hashem Eis Rotsayim, I present my prayer to Hashem, at, at, especially at times when Hashem is most willing to accept and receive our prayer, the Kanal, as we said earlier. And again, those who read about Rav Nassim's life, what he and his students went through, know exactly what he's talking about here. Paragraph Ches, V'yalkein oimrin posuk zev anis filosi b'shabes b'mincha. And based on what we're learning here, we'll understand why this pasuk, Vanis Filosi Hashem we say it especially on Shabbos at Mincha time. Ki oz b'minchas Shabbos, hu ikara hamshochas hashivim ponim Because it's then on Shabbos when we have the greatest ability to draw upon ourselves the 70 lights, the 70 faces of the Torah, as it's called the full spectrum of the Torah's light, which shines down upon us, especially on Shabbos. Because as we learned earlier, the Torah was given on Harsinai on Shabbos. And the, within Shabbos, the main time when we can receive this great light is on, at Mincha time on Shabbos. That's when we rise to the highest, highest levels of holiness of Shabbos. As is very well known in the Zohar Kodesh and the writings of the Arizal about the incredible holiness of Shabbos and how on Shabbos the greatest holiness is Shabbos at Mincha time. V'alkein b'mincha shel Shabbos, hu ikar zikuch u'birur shel hayayin. And therefore, it's at mincha time on Shabbos that there's the greatest purification and refinement of wine. Ki b'knisas Shabbos mekachna hayayin. Because when we bring in the Shabbos on Friday evening, we make kiddush on wine. Which is what helps us draw upon ourselves the holiness of Shabbos. Which is that the holiness of the 70 faces of the Torah. And therefore, on Friday evening, the wine that we drink then is on a very high level of holiness. But when do we achieve the highest level of perfection of wine? Which is the holiness of the full spectrum of light of the Torah. We receive it more so at Mincha time on Shabbos. During the day. Because that's when all types of harsh decrees, all types of negativity is eliminated, eliminated to the greatest degree. These dinim, these evil decrees, this judgment is the source 
of the negativity, the negative aspects of wine, shahu bechinas domim, which is compared to blood, bechinas dinim, which is judgments, and all of this gets sweetened and gets eliminated, all of this negativity through the holiness of Shabbos, which is when we make Kiddush on wine, on wine. But Rav Zal emphasizes here the the greatest degree of sweetening this harshness and negativity and eliminating any judgments is we draw that at mincha time on Shabbos, she'oz hu raiva deraivan. The Zohar HaKadosh says, that's the time of the highest degree of love from Hashem towards the Jewish people, where Hashem has the highest level of goodwill towards us. The Alkein Oimrim Oz, and that's why in the Zmiris, that we sing on Shabbos at Mincha, we say, Come close to me, look at my power, because there are no powerful judgments in existence right now, referring to Mincha and Shabbos. Hainu Kanal, as we just said. And that's why on Shabbos at Mincha is when we say this special sentence that I present my tefillah at this special Es Rotson, Ki oz mamshichin Es Rotson, Levatel kol hadinin, because it's on Shabbos at Mincha that we draw upon ourselves this Es Rotson, this most opportune time to eliminate all all negativity, all judgments. And it's from these judgments, this negativity, that the evil of those who sit around drinking, they, they, their evil comes from there. And that's also the source of all negativity and all opposition. <coughs> and all conflict in Klal Yisrael, all persecution. Because all of that gets sweetened and eliminated, all of that negativity through the incredible high level of kindness of Hashem, which we draw upon ourselves, during this most opportune time, Shabbos at Mincha, Shom Minchas Shabbos, She'oz Nestalek Moshe Rabbeinu Ve'yosef Ve'david. That's when these three greatest tzaddikim passed away, Moshe Rabbeinu, Yosef Tzaddik, and Dovr Melch, on Shabbos at Mincha. Ki ribui vi'oitzem ha'machloikes shalahem, i'ef shalahamtik u'levatel, ki in bekoyach gedoyle ha'tzaddik e'emes, because the powerful opposition of these people who oppose the tzaddikim and the, those that are close to them cannot be eliminated, cannot be sweetened without the power of the great, great true tzaddikim who passed away at this Esrotzayim, this incredible time of closeness to Hashem, which is Shabbos Mincha time. He called Masha Haddin Gotobi Oyser, 
צריכים להמשיך חסד גודל ביוסר, להמתיקוי ולבטלוי. Because the more powerful that the midas hadin is, the judgment and negativity is, it requires us being able to draw a higher level of chesed and a greater measure of chesed in order to sweeten and eliminate that din. And the powerful negativity and, and opposition of these people who drink and, 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 and start making fun of tzaddikim and those that are close to them, we cannot eliminate that. We cannot overcome that without the great power of this Eitz in this special time, which, which comes about as a result of the fact that these greatest tzaddikim passed away at that time. I believe I mentioned in the past that these three tzaddikim represent the full spectrum of holiness, the full spectrum of all ten spheroids. Moshe Rabbeinu is referred to as Das, and Das is, in this context, represents Chachmabina Das, all of the Moichin, all of the Sechel. Moshe Rabbeinu is the one who gave us the Torah, which is the Chachmabina Das. Yosef, Yosef is the Mida of Yesoid, and the word Yosef is Bigimatria six times, Yudke Vavke, to show that he represents from Chesed through Yesoid, Chesed Gvura Teferes, Netzach Hoid Yesoid, those six Midois. And Dovra Melech is the Malchus, David Melech Israel. So these three, Moshe, Yosef, David, represent the three and the six and the one, the, the ten spheres. That's also why Moshe Yosef David is Bigimatria Tfila. So that at this time of Shabbos Mencha, when these three tzaddikim went up, that's when the power of Tfila goes up. That's when our Tfila is most effective on Shabbos at Mencha time. <coughs> Interesting to note here, there are many Hasidim who on Shabbos at Mincha, they make Kiddush, or they at least drink a cup of wine, and the, the Rebbe gets up, and he says special psukim, and, and the tzaddikim sing and clap at that time at Shalashiris. In Breslov, we don't have that custom of making Kiddush or, or a special ceremony over the wine at Mincha. But recently, I've seen in several of the Breslov shuls that somebody will go around with a bottle of wine and give each person a little bit of wine to make a bracha, to make a bracha on wine. Number one, to get an additional bracha so that we can complete the hundred brachas that a person is supposed to say every day. And during the weekdays, we have 57 brachas just from the three Shmon Esrays, which are 19 brachas each. On Shabbos, we have a much shorter Shmon Esray. It's only seven brachas. So we drop from 57 to 21. We're missing 36 brachas just there alone. So we try to add additional brachas, but especially going around with wine for people to make a little l'chaim 
on at at Shalashilis. Vialkane and therefore Parivtes, Vialkane, Yisroel, Bagolus, Nikroim Shulas, Veloimiahim. And this is why the Navi, when he describes what the Jewish people are going through in exile, I believe we had this in this past week's in one of the Haftoras of the three weeks that were described as being drunk and not from wine, drunk in a drunken state from being so confused from the long exile. Because exile is compared to drunkenness, which is the, the negativity of wine which is the negativity of these 70 nations, which is all of their sinful desires. That's what causes all of the exiles. There's a Pasuk, Rabbein Ezzel quotes often, Our nation is in exile from lack of das. This lack of das that comes from drinking wine improperly. And this is what the Pasuk says in chapter 107 of Tehillim, the Hoidu that we say on, on Friday, after, Friday afternoon, they walk around in circles and swaying back and forth like a drunk from, from the suffering that we're going through in Golos. The aim takonolaze, and there is no solution for this. Kiim vayitzako Hashem, other than what the pasuk says there in chapter one hundred seven, they cry out to Hashem. Bechinas tzakas hashivin kolonal. This refers to the outcry of those seventy screams. Bechinas vaanis filosi, as we quoted before. Dovra says that what's my response? to those people that hate me and oppose me and make fun of me, my response is, my tefillah. We'll pause over here for now. I mentioned that tomorrow, Hey Of, is the art site of the Arizal. We spoke about this yesterday in the Shir and Chayam Aran. And it's also the art site of my Rebbe, Rebbe Choldorf, and Zechren of Racha. And I spoke a little bit in that year, we spoke a little bit about his early, his birth, his early, the early years of his life. And when he came to Breslov and he ended up remaining at, 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 as a teenager, 14 years old approximately, he came to Uman and stayed there and got married at the age of 16, which in those days among, among Hasidim wasn't so uncommon. And he ended up living in Oman, in the city of Oman, when he first got married, I believe. And they were extremely, extremely poor at the time. He mentioned that his wedding, the musicians were, one of them had a pot and a metal spoon. That was the drummer banging at, at the wedding. And he said that he didn't really, he had a very small apartment with a, a, a low roof and he didn't have money to buy furniture, so he borrowed furniture from some different friends at the time. He borrowed two beds, somehow put together two beds, which were not the same height. He remembers that his bed and his wife's bed were not the same height at all, and borrowed a table from another person, 
and one or two chairs from a different person. And then a short while, a few weeks after the wedding, there's a knock on the door. The person who had lent him the table said, uh, I, I need my table back. So the Rabbi Michal's response was, can you wait till after Shabbos? So the person said, yeah, yeah, okay, but right after Shabbos. A short while later, another knock on the door, I need my chairs back, the other person. And in this manner, within a couple of days, they were asking for all the different things back. And each time Rabbi Michal said, can you wait till after Shabbos? And he said he did it to give himself a little bit of time to be mispalil. And he said he was, he was waiting, watching, he was curious to see how's Hashem going to handle this? What's Hashem going to do? It wasn't, he wasn't afraid. He wasn't nervous. He wasn't, he didn't feel pressure. There was a, a curiosity. How's Hashem going to handle this? That was the level of bitochen, complete faith and trust in Hashem. And he never really explained what happened afterwards, but he, he implied, you see, I'm here today, 70 years after that. So I guess things worked out. And then he went through what he went through. He ended up, him and many of the Breslavers ended up being rounded up by the KGB. And he was sent to Siberia for six years and seven months. And he said that there wasn't a day that he didn't cry during those six years and seven months, pleading with Hashem to get him out of there. And uh, different things that he went through there, <clears throat> he mentioned that he saw what went on in Siberia, like in many prison systems, that there's a mafia and there's all kinds of cutthroats that, that kill people in these places. And he studied the situation and he's, he observed who's the leader, who's the, the head of the ruffians, the head of the tough guys there. And at one point when he received a package, some kind of a small package from his wife or anybody who sent him a package, he right away went to share it with this big mafioso in a sense that was there. And when the people saw him eating with this mafioso, they understood this guy's danger. You have to can't start up with this person at all. This served as a, a protection for him during some of the time that he was there. He finally ended up getting out of Siberia and, and getting back together with his family. And eventually he said that he applied to leave the Soviet Union over a period of 38 years. He prayed to Hashem and pleaded with Hashem to get him out of there. <clears throat> And, and each time he would apply, he had to wait a while to get the answer. And the response was always, yet, no. And the final time when he gave him an application, he remembers, you know, this was after so many years of waiting and hoping to get out. When all of his friends had already left Teretz Yisrael, he gave him the application. And then a, short, a while later, he called up the, the visa office to ask any news about his application. And he said he's, he's holding the phone and, and they answered, they said, Dorfman, one minute, we, we, have, we have news for you. We have a response. There was a big meeting over here and, and there was a decision that was made that we're never accepting your application ever again. And he said, he heard, he heard this on the phone, the way this woman was yelling 
and he he faint, he almost fainted on the spot. He was ready to just collapse. And then he said that every time, every time they rejected him, he felt as if he died, and he sat shiver for himself, like it took it went through a a sort of like a mourning period, and then a shloshim, and then scraped himself up from the floor to start again, to start praying again with with fervor, with confidence that I am going to win, I am going to get out of here. And sure enough, if it was after they said to him that we're never accepting an application for you again, he remembered what Paro had told Moshe Rabbeinu. When Moshe Rabbeinu came to plead with Hashem to let the Jews out of Mitzrayim, towards the end, Paro said, I never want to see your faces again. And then a short while later came Makas Bechiros, where Hashem killed all the firstborn. And that's when the song Paroi Bepijama came up. Paroi Bepijama Bienzahalaila, Paroi Bepijama Bienzahalaila. Paroi came out in his pajamas in the middle of the night, searching for Moshe Rabbeinu and Arakoyim. Where are they? I want to let the Jews, I want the Jews to get out of here. So Michal remembered that story and once again strengthened himself to, to persevere in Tefillah till he got out, till he got out of Russia. We'll close for now with one final, very, very important thing that he used to love to tell over. Where he lived afterwards, which was a suburb of Moscow, a, a city called Malachovka, where there were Jews, there were many Jews, on sukkahs, there were only two people who put up a sukkah in the city. The rabbi, the rabbi of the city, I believe it might have been a Chabad rabbi, and Rebichel. Everybody else was terrified to put up a sukkah <clears throat> for the holiday of sukkahs. And, <clears throat> and we'll mention two, two stories. One is that Rebichel, there was no mikveh there. The, the closest mikvah was in Moscow, which was 30 kilometers away. And I believe Remichel had to take a bus and a train to get there. And it took about an hour and a half each way. It was a three-hour round trip to go to the mikvah on, on Erev Shabbos. And Remichel felt that if he would have the opportunity to go to the mikvah every day, he'd be a heavenly angel. He'd, it would be a stairway to heaven for him. And he once called an engineering to check to see how far, how easily can he get to water from his house. And he said it was a matter of 10 meters, not, not that far at all. <clears throat> and he was told it would cost 6,000 rubles to construct a mikveh in his house. <clears throat> to him, 6,000 rubles was like $6 million. He was very, very poor and couldn't do it. And he always imagined, imagine if I had my own mikvah, if I could only be zoicha to have my own mikvah. And he said that the Zohar Kodesh says, Les re'usa tava de isavid. There is never a Jew who has a good desire, who wants to do something good, and it goes lost. Hashem always watches over those good desires and sees to it that it should come to fruition. So he said when he finally got out of Russia and came to Eretz Yisrael and lived where he lived, on Hoshea Street in Yerushalayim, he lived about a hundred meters away from Satmar, the Satmar Shul, which had a mikvah there. And they gave him a, a key to the mikvah, 
because he used to go at midnight at Chatzois, when just about nobody else went at that time, when the mikvah was cleanest and empty, nobody else there, he would go there at that time. <clears throat> so he said, look what Hashem did for me. Not only did I have my private mikvah, but if it were my own, I would have to clean it. I'd have to pay for the oil, the fuel and everything. Here, everything was being done for me. They bring fuel for me. They clean it for me. Everything is being done for me. And he always thought of this, that look how Hashem did, didn't forget my good, the, the desire that I had over all of those years, wanting to have a mikvah, wanting to be able to go to the mikvah daily. We mentioned sukkah. We'll close with this story. I believe it was the final year before Remichel ended up leaving leaving Russia, that that he put up the sukkah, and it was it wasn't like today's sukkahs, which are customized and and they make it in such a way that it's so easy to put it together, four walls inches. There was a sukkah made from cheap boards that had to be nailed together. It was a major, major difficult effort. And Remichel didn't really have anybody to help him. He had daughters, he didn't have any sons, and there were no other Jews there who were willing to participate in, in this type of thing. They were terrified. <clears throat> so he had worked very, very hard to put up the sukkah and to put up the schach. And when he was putting up the finishing touches, he was standing on a ladder, putting up, adjusting the schach, and suddenly a downpour, a marble, like a, a flood of water came gushing down from heaven, <clears throat> pouring, getting drenched, and his sukkah was attached to the house. There was a window from the house leading into the sukkah. His wife was standing at the window, watching him getting drenched with this downpour of rain. And he remembers hearing her saying, oy, 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 And then suddenly the whole sukkah collapsed, the schach and everything collapsed on him while he's standing on this ladder. And he remembers, the, 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 he said, the rains were coming down from heaven and the rain was coming out of my eyes crying, standing there, crying, crying, crying at his predicament. And he said, sure enough, this downpour finished. The sun came out. He ran to a store, a local store there, and bought these large pieces of tar that people use to tar a roof. These large, like, plates, you know, that are five feet by, by three feet of tar, to tape up the walls of the sukkah, to tape it up with this tar, to scotch tape it together in a sense, to hold it together. And when, when he would sit in his sukkah in Yerushalayim, Hashem blessed him that in Yerushalayim he had a porch where he lived. And, and at one point he was able to extend the porch a little bit and he was able to sleep in the sukkah. And he, he would always remember and tell over the story how he remembered what he went through there in Russia how difficult it was to perform every mitzvah. And that sukkahs, when the whole thing collapsed on him, but never gave up, never gave up, always trusted that Hashem is going to get him out of there. And all of this is going to have a happy ending, which is what it did, Baruch Hashem. He made it to Eretz Yisrael. His children made it to Eretz Yisrael. He took a position as one of the leaders 
of Breslov in Yerushalayim and Eretz Yisrael and succeeded in, in beautifying the shul, the major shul in Meisharim in Yerushalayim and increasing the kolel, increasing everything, and also building the kloiz in Uman, the large shul in Uman, the shul and the mitzvahs, which served tens of thousands of people over the years. Shem should help that his chus, the Zohar Kodesh says, what, what a person is involved in while they're living in this world, <clears throat> they continue to be involved in that in the future world. The love of his life was Klal Yisrael, the Jewish people, always davening for everyone. Hashem should help that his tefillahs should accompany us now to help us get out of his gullahs, to help us be zoicha, to be an uman for Rosh Hashanah and Hashem, safe and, and in good health and well, and be zoicha to see the Geula Shleimah with the coming of Moshiach and Herab Yameinu, Amen V'yamei. Any questions, please, before we close? The next year, the next Likut Halacha will be Thursday morning. All the best.